0: And we are back on the road to glory. Uh, Final Four announced some national championship dreams have died, um, but a few teams, they do stand. Uh, I'm Sean, here with Steph, or Oregon's own, and man, it was a tough weekend for you, but overall, an exciting weekend of football, a chaotic weekend of football, definitely. Um, a lot of controversy, uh, but just also good games all around. And um, the last, I guess, full weekend of college football before we kick it off into bowl season and the postseason officially. Well, I guess we got Navy Army next week as well. But, um, Seth, how you feeling today, bro? Uh, a few days, now you've got to sit with the L. Uh, talk to me.
1: Honestly, that was probably one of my worst moments as a sports fan in my entire life. Yeah. Mm. Definitely <laughs> definitely top 5. Probably top 3 cuz I'm trying to think at least in terms of Oregon, it's it's either number 1 or number 2 because
0: the TCU like game I, has to be number 1. No? I guess it was a meaningless no, game, but that was still
1: crazy. Yeah, I mean, that was just a crazy comeback, but when your quarterback goes down, that can kind of derail things. But, I mean, that season we weren't really going going for a natty or anything like that. So that was just kind of just like what the hell happened. But definitely 2012 Stanford is probably number one because that team was going to win the natty. If we made it to the natty, I don't care who we were playing, what was going on, we were going to win the natty. That was probably the best Oregon football team I've ever seen. Um, and then for them to lose to Stanford like that was just like, just crazy. And then this was just like, I didn't, I didn't think this team was good enough to win a natty, but I will say this is probably top three Oregon teams that I've seen. Like, like I said, it's probably 2012, 2014. And then this team, um, like we were right there in the playoff race until the end. We made the Pac-12 title game with one loss. And even with how the game went, we still had an opportunity to win the game, so it just it just sucks, man, but you know, on a positive note, I will say, the program is going in the right direction. um Dan actually won more games than he won last year. last year we went nine and three regular season, ten and three with the bowl game. This year we went eleven and one regular season. So eleven and two with the conference championship game, and we have an opportunity to get to twelve wins with the bowl game. So the outcome of the season is actually improved on last year. We did make the Pac-12 title game. We did make the New Year Six. We didn't make the playoffs, which is where I felt we were good enough to be. So and, and it's just in the way that we lost that that's just like really frustrating. So I mean, yeah, like it's kind of it's kind of hard to look at it like in a positive way, like, yeah, we still won more games than last year because it's different from winning six games and then winning eight games the next year, right? Because you feel, okay. Right, right. Like, you know you're not going for an natty. You know you're probably not going to win the conference or make the conference title. So winning eight games feels like you did really well. And then maybe the next year you're looking to win the conference. But last year, I think we could have made the playoffs even after getting smacked by Georgia. It was just like if we – if we won all our games if we beat Oregon State at the end if we beat Washington and we and we win the Pac-12 with one loss like we would have been right there for the playoffs i mean we were ranked number 6 before that Oregon State game and then everyone in front of us lost like we would have, if we would have just won that game we probably could have even been the first two loss team to make the playoffs just because everybody that was ranked ahead of us lost to get to make us be able to get to number 4 so I don't know, like, that sucked, but then this was just, like, I felt like the team improved so much over last year. We just had so much better players. We had a good recruiting class. We got good players in the portal. Like, we were just, and we had Bo Nicks back for another year. Like, everything was just lined up for us to make a run. And, you know, they just, you know like we just laid a complete egg in this game, man. Like that was the only game where we actually played bad all year. Cuz even the first time we lost to Washington like we played well um I felt like we actually may have played better and it was more coaching decisions that that lost the game but this game was coaching and players um I know we were banged up like I'm not trying to make excuses but Washington was getting healthier we were kind of getting more banged up um Jaleel Florence was out, one of the starting corners, and and Kyrie Jackson was was really banged up with a shoulder injury. So he wasn't really a hundred percent, even though he was still trying to play through it. Um Jordan Birch went down on like the first or second possession of the game and never never came back. So it was like once he went out, we kind of lost a lot on up front. Um there was just some weird coaching decisions. I mean, Bucky Irvin looked like he was he was clearly hurt or something. And then whenever they put in Jordan James, it was like we we had that spark. But for some reason, they just would not go to him. Like, like the first play they put Jordan James in was the second half. It was the third quarter. He didn't get the ball all first half. And then the first time he gets the ball, he runs for like 20 yards. And then they keep putting Bucky back in the game, and he just didn't have it, right? And it's
0: yeah, like, I, think, look, I agree with the whole Jordan James Bucky thing. Although Bucky's yeah. your star, he got you there, so it's kind of hard to go away from him in the biggest game. Yeah, but but I, I get Jordan James was, looking but we way had better.
1: a we had an entire half of him just not having it. And it's like, look, I love Bucky, bro. Like he's probably my favorite player on the team. But at the end of the day, if you're coaching a game, you have to you have to recognize that and go with whoever is making plays. Like at the end of the day, this is about winning this game and for, for whatever was, for whatever reason, Jordan James had it that day. Like he was running through tackles, breaking tackles. He had the speed to, to get open on pass plays. And he he was catching the ball. Like, I don't know. Like, I think that was a mistake. Um, and I also think that this Washington team is just a bad matchup for us. Like, I honestly think we match up better against a team like Michigan or, uh, or even Alabama than we do against against Washington because their team is all quarterback and wide receiver and the weakest part of our defense is the secondary, mostly the safeties. And when you got you got guys like, like Roma Dunze, uh McMillan and Polk. I would say but, your
0: interior D line is might be weaker than your corners and safeties. No, your interior D line is terrible. No, 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 no. It is. They got pushed around. But that like was, they were literally that was, non-existent,
1: and that was the first time that happened all year. I mean, like, and it was, and it was also because once Birch went down, we had to move Doorless to the, to the edge. And this is what I talked about all offseason. Going before it was like they had to play Doorless at edge last year out of necessity, when his best his best spot is being on the interior, and. Once once Birch went down and we had to move Doris to the edge, you could just tell it even got worse. And even even when Birch was in the beginning, like Washington was running the ball really well. Like their old line was was they really out physicaled us. Like they let me did. just be clear. Yeah. Let me, and I'm not trying to say that the RD line like played well or whatever, but because they they got pushed around a lot. But you know, like they they also are able to take advantage of our safeties and coverage. Like that's true. Like look. These right? are bad. Yeah, like I love Tashim, love Evan Williams, but man, when you, I mean, it would be hard for anybody to cover those receivers. Like we'll see how they do in the playoffs. For sure, but, for sure. But like it was, it was like the same as the first game. Like they were just able to take advantage of that matchup, and you know, when you have that, and then they're actually running the ball well too. Like the first game, they didn't really run the ball that well, but this this game, Dylan Johnson was having a day, so. I don't know. I thought that since we had Justin Jacobs back, it would make a big difference and he did play a, a really good game. And like you could just see like the athleticism. Like we just need all guys like him, like a tall, you know, guy with length that can really run at all the positions because that's that's really what makes a difference. Um you know, you look at look at all these playoff teams and, and that's that's who they have on, on their team for the most part. So, you know, like I think this year we increase our depth, but at the end of the day, that's fine for most of the games, right? When you're talking about top five matchups, it's not that great. Like all our guys, like like I said, Jordan Birch went down and then it was just – it's like a, a pretty noticeable drop-off. But you, w- you wouldn't notice it if we were playing against, I don't know, like a mid-tier Pac-12 team. Like I don't even want to say Arizona because they're a good team. But like basically in, in every other game, you wouldn't notice that much if Jordan Birch went down. But when you're playing against a top-five team, you notice when a starter goes down. When Kyrie Jackson isn't able to play 100%, you notice. Um so it's it's things like that 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 I think we need to improve on going forward It's just getting these guys that are at a different level athletically because I mean you see it um like I think that kind of happened with with georgia um you know in their game, which we'll get into with with the injuries and and not having that depth that they've had the past two years and and then you look at what happened to Alabama, which we'll get into because if i'm if I'm correct Kool- McKinstry went down right in the game and then yes like, but alabama's defense who, like the the one guy they put in in his place the transfer from uh from a louisiana is it was like a baller like they couldn't complete nothing on him so <laughs> this is like this is you what knew, i'm talking about
0: you know you know who coached that guy trey trey amos is his name by the way
1: i know i'm not i don't i'm not answering the question because i know okay i'm just saying Look, I'm not gonna let you have that one right okay. now. But this is what I'm <laughs> this is what I'm <laughs> talking about. It's it's just that depth where you know one of your guys goes down and and he's probably the biggest name on Alabama's defense, and he went down, and they were still able to get it done against a good Georgia team. So that's just the difference. And you know it's only year two of of, of Coach Landing. Kalen DeBoer's got way more experience being a head coach. Um, that team. Is, is is loaded with a lot of seniors older guys um you know all credit goes to them they they had a game plan they executed it and it worked in their favor and you know you just you just can't lay an egg like that i mean going down 20 to 3 we ran like six plays of of offense in the first quarter like the first two possessions were just three passes incomplete and then punting like
0: yeah and that's that's what i wanted to ask you i didn't mean to inter- interrupt but no, I, go ahead go ahead go ahead I I understand that uh, the players need to make the plays on the field, and I do think Washington's players were kind of just better when they needed to be. Not that they have the better team, because I do think that the talent is pretty equal. Um, maybe a little mm-hmm. nod to to, to Washington in the trenches, but um, overall, it's, it's it's pretty it's pretty equal in my mind. Um, but I just feel like, man, Dan Landing now a few times he's just been. I'm starting to question him as a game manager, as a coach, when it comes to just in-game decision-makings. And, and just because you're gangster with it, just because you're, you're confident with the call doesn't mean it's the right call. And time and time again, I just feel like he's not making the right decisions. And, and you just brought up the first, um, the first drive. And obviously he's not the offensive coordinator, but he's the head coach. Exactly. And there's no way and – we, and we've talked about this. We, we've been talking about this before the first and Oregon-Washington game. And and I mentioned this in this matchup, the team that runs the ball is gonna t- is gonna be the team that wins. And obviously, yep. there's only a 30 yard discrepancy, and I, and uh, Oregon actually did average more yards per rush, but it felt more
1: impactful um,
0: when Washington ran the ball. Well, they and were able to own
1: or, the time of possession. That's why.
0: Well, yeah, that was because Oregon immediately on the first drive comes out with three straight passes. Mm-hmm. Like, doesn't even try to establish the run. Like, doesn't even – so Washington gets the ball back. They go down. They're up 10-0. Now Oregon has kind of already feeling pressure to abandon the run down 10 points. When you don't really even have to still abandon it at that point. I don't think Oregon did. I do applaud them for still getting 20 rush attempts in, even being down that much in the first half. Um, But, yeah, the coaching decisions. And maybe not just landing, but the offensive coordinator um, in specific – ah man there's some some decisions that they make yeah. I'm Just that I make mean, me scratching my head sometimes
1: we it's, did own the middle eight we got a um yeah we got the ball with like what like two minutes left before mm-hmm. the, the second quarter was over scored a touchdown then got and the ball the coming out crazy got yeah. a touchdown so then we right went away. down from 20 to 3 now it's 17 to 20 and you're feeling good right and then you know there was that crazy sequence with where we got the interception, two interceptions, and then yeah. two plays later, like, and that was that was just such a, a a weird play because the guy was out of bounds, right? And
0: then he comes back in, yeah.
1: Like, what are you even supposed to say? To uh, that? Yeah,
0: that is that is uh, that is weird. It's kind of hard to blame Bo. I thought that was a penalty to be honest, but I guess it's a defender. So yeah, he's allowed the to,
1: defender is allowed to do it, but the offensive player mm, is not allowed. To can't do it.
0: allowed to do it. Uh, that was just yeah, crazy. That's a, I, either, I think nobody should be allowed to do it, but Honestly. I kind of see where they're coming from. Like on offense, you definitely should not be allowed to do it. Like, yeah. you should obviously be allowed like, to do it. And it happened
1: to be on their sideline, too, where it's like, all right, there's, everybody standing there is dressed the same. Like in, the, in a play, you're not going to see, oh, this guy's standing out of bounds, but he's actually in the game, so I can't throw it there, you know?
0: Right, right, right. Like, it's just, it was just crazy. Another thing I want to highlight as well is third down efficiency. Washington was 10. For fifteen, Oregon was only three for ten. Yeah, we
1: could not do that. Obviously, Oregon on was two down. for two
0: on fourth down, and those are obviously two pretty key fourth downs that they did convert. But yeah, man, third down, money down. Oregon was just not able to extend the drives. And you said, man, that just equates the time of possession. Thirty seven minutes to Oregon's twenty two. I think I think Washington ran like twenty more plays at one or something like. Um, so yeah, definitely a rough one. But yeah, it was close. Like it wasn't like Oregon was out of it. Like you said, Oregon owned yeah. the middle. I, I mean, and it still
1: it still came down to where they had the you ball with the two stop. minutes left. Yeah, and we had three timeouts, and we just stopped them with three timeouts. We get the ball back, and I like, feel like uh, we go down and win the game at that. Point. I feel like
0: you guys do. I I feel like you guys win that too. I'm not yeah. gonna lie. But just based on the feeling of the game, based on how Bo Nix was playing yeah. that pretty well, and just your offense was finally starting to get into the groove of things. I I genuinely believe that you guys got that stop. You guys would at least be able to kick the field goal for the tie, um, but I believe that we wouldn't and punch it in for a touchdown, but who knows?
1: But at the end of the day, I feel like in that moment, if we don't like if, if we lose to Washington twice and then the second time we lost that way, we wasn't playoff ready anyway. Because the same thing would have happened whether we played right, Texas, right. Bama, Michigan. Like, like you think those – like, if we win – like, obviously you want to win as many games as you want, right? And I wanted – and I thought it would have been even more special to win this conference because of it going away. So, you know, that does kind of suck. We don't get to win the last Pac-12 title game and whatever. But it's like it, – it just – it kind of – sometimes – and I, I kind of brought this up somebody before where sometimes losing a game can be good for you in the long run because it forces you to make changes. It forces you to look at yourself and see what you're doing wrong, where a lot of times you see a team that's winning, they squeaking by, and then nobody's really looking for improvement because they are in. So they're not worried about it. Right. And then, then, you know, sometimes later you find out that there's just a whole bunch going wrong with the team. There's always dysfunction and, you know, a bunch of bad stuff going on, because but because they was winning, nobody was really looking. But you know, I think I think us losing is, is sort of like a reality check. Like, look, you ain't there yet. Like, you need to get better. You need to keep recruiting better. Keep getting these guys that that are at the level you want coming in, and keep building this roster to compete. So, you know, again, on a positive note, we won more games than we won last year. We made a New Year Six. Last year, we didn't make a New Year Six. Last year, we was in the Holiday Bowl, which is fine. Like, I'm, you know, I mean, San Diego is probably a nice city. But, like, this year, we in the Fiesta Bowl. And, you know, like, like most years, like, I'll take that, you know. But just the way that this went down is, is really what sucks.
0: Yeah, and let's uh, talk a little bit about Washington because, obviously, they are the Pac-12 champs, undefeated, 13-0. So, um, shout out to them. I know a lot of people... Um, ourselves included. We're not sure if they'd be able to do that with um, the way that they were winning some of these games, but um, they have. And um, now they make their way into the playoffs, and and we'll talk a little bit about the playoffs in the weeks to come um, as that is still some time away. But, um, man, this Washington team truly is dangerous. I think they do have the trench work to be able to compete with. um, Who's their first game? Texas?
1: Texas. And that's going to be a crazy game. that's That's honestly the better matchup out of the four. Like I thought maybe they would put Washington versus Michigan because of the the Rose Bowl tradition, you know, having okay, a Pac-12 okay. versus Big the Big 10. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but now like that they're the, both technically Big 10. Yeah, exactly. And these and the other two are technically SEC going forward. So <laughs> <laughs> So we got an all Big 10 and all SEC playoff, guys. Yeah. But very very who who color me shocked. I know right. Not <laughs> but you know i think i think this game against texas is going to be a banger we'll we'll get into that more later but i think they have a chance man and it pains me to say but you know if washington wins the natty oh my god
0: man i feel like that is a wild statement to say but if if it were to be a year it'd be this one they have the talent they have the team the defense um good enough it's not great but they make some stops when they need it they have some pretty experienced coaching staff we'll see man we'll see um let's keep moving throughout the rest of these power five championship games and then we'll get into um some of the group of five championship games that happen over the weekend as well kicking on over to saturday the sec championship uh just another classic game between these two uh, historic programs, ah, and it feels good to be right. It feels great to be right, actually. I actually picked Bama to win this game. If you guys were tuned in last week, mean
1: I, I think I picked Georgia, but it was a low confidence you did, pick.
0: You, you did pick Georgia. Um, I just the only reason i i really I really thought that that could happen was just because this is a little bit personal for Nick Saban. We talked about him and Kirby Smart and their relationship and how. It's almost like a uh, uh, Darth Vader, uh, <laughs> Luke Skywalker um, kind of relationship. Um, but what you would call it? it's just he took this shit personal. And you could tell that he <laughs> wanted to get this win. Yeah. And, like, he had the team. Like, it's not like Alabama has been bad. Like, Bro, they are their good. Defense and they is have so only good. been getting better. Their defense, their is, defense so is so good, good. It's so good at every single level. They have a superstar. They have a playmaker, and it feels like they have multiple guys that they can go to. They're deep, and then you look at the offense side of the ball. Their playmakers are stepping up. Their offensive line is dominating, and their quarterback is. Named, there's not a quarterback in the country playing better football than him right now. I mean, I'm yeah. not saying he's the best quarterback in the country. I really country, like but.
1: Jordan Miller. i will be honest, and I like this Alabama yeah. team. Like I used to kind of hate on Alabama, but like now when More it time. comes when it comes to other teams that aren't really my rival, I don't really like like them or hate them. I kind of just. I like teams based on how they are that year, you know. Like next year, I might not really like Alabama, but right now, I really like watching this Alabama team. I think Milro is a really good player. He's so athletic, like yeah, man. Like he Make almost it. plays like I don't even know how to explain it because sometimes he would be back there for a long time and he's just dodging guys, you know, the trying to tackle him. Sometimes he gets sacked he almost plays like a high school player to me that kind of knows he's, <laughs> he's better than everyone. So he kind of might run around into a sack just because he feels like he can just run around forever. Uh-huh. Like but I mean, kinda... he's so much
0: more, but you're right. He's more physically, I mean, he's like a
1: six, four, yeah. Two
0: He's like LeBron James is a quarterback, obviously not as yeah. big, but a, like Think that one, that.
1: that one QB run at the end where he got the first down and slid and bounds was just—I was just like, "Damn!" Like, yeah, it just took over. Yeah, like I mean, Alabama pretty much controlled this game the entire time. Honestly, the entire time. Yeah,
0: I was going to talk about that.
1: Like they out physical Georgia, and again, yeah,
0: I mean, Georgia like was a little hurt, obviously. Yeah,
1: they, yeah, that was about—that's what I was about to say. Like they were kind of banged up. Like Lad was banged up, and and Georgia, I feel like is almost in the same position as us with the depth where, like, yeah, if Lad goes down, their offense looks different, you know? Like, they can't yeah, they all, afford
0: – All them five stars that they're hoarding and they ain't got no uh, developed yeah. guys behind Ladd. I don't have yeah, like, to have some discussions.
1: They can't really afford to lose guys like that, you know? Right, um, right, right. Like, their D-line isn't as good as, they, as it used to be. No, they it's not. They were getting I mean, pushed we around. That. Man, they were getting bullied, dude. Yeah.
0: Oh, Alabama's O
1: line definitely
0: MVP. For sure.
1: Because Milro had time back there. They were running the ball well. And and on both sides, I mean, there was plays where Georgia would be would be trying to run the ball in third and short, fourth and short. Alabama guys were just coming up and smacking them. <laughs> I mean, there was one play where Georgia did the stupid freaking play, which I ran in about Oregon doing where they had the tight bunch in the boundary and then do the toss to the boundary.
0: <laughs> Georgia
1: did that on on like a third and short one time, and Alabama snuffed it out so easily It just tackled them for a loss. And it was like... They already have so
0: many guys over there that's so yeah. easy to stop.
1: and I think I said it to our group chat, like, why are people still doing this play? Like, I don't, like, listen, all football coaches across America, please stop doing this bunch to the short side, and then doing a toss to that side. Please stop doing it. This is not good for football. You're never going to get the first down. Listen, because you put the bunch on that side, so the defense is going to put most of their guys on that side anyway.
0: And then if it's just all wide receivers, none of them are going to block. Yeah, and then none if you of throw them like are Two tight block ends out there in the bunch. It's obvious what's coming. Exactly. Like, why exactly, the hell do they have like, two tight ends? Bro, in the bunch? like
1: if I'm a defensive coach, I'm telling my my best linebacker. You better freaking blow that bunch up, bro, because they don't want to block you in the first place. And then and then you're sending a bigger guy to just kind of plow them like, come on, bro. It's never going to work. At least do it to the wide side. So you give your running back room to run and, and maybe break a tackle or run around a guy. But you do it to the boundary side. It's just not going to work. There's no room that to play, do anything.
0: That play literally just might be like a home run or bust. Like that's why they call it because like it's either never going to work or the one time it does work, you're going 80 yards. Like
1: you know, you have to do it on the wide side though. Like don't do it on the short <laughs> side. I don't understand And Georgia did that, and I just that that just bothered me. That just blew my mind in that play. But yeah, I mean, and this. This game just kind of, it kind of went. I don't, I shouldn't say it went how I expected. because I did pick Georgia to win, but mm-hmm. I wasn't really surprised that, that Alabama won. And I wasn't really surprised that they won the way they did. I, I, I expected this game to be a defensive struggle, pretty low scoring. And it was, but it was exciting at the same time.
0: It definitely was exciting. And, uh, I... I actually went to Manhattan to go watch this game with um one of our co-owners here at the Pigskin Live. He's a Georgia fan, and it was a full Georgia bar in Manhattan, and it was glorious, man! It was glorious oh, to be I know, in that there. That must
1: have been beautiful.
0: I was wearing a big blue puffer coat, a Florida Gator hoodie underneath. Oh, it was a great <laughs> sight! It hey, was a great sight was, indeed.
1: If, if I owned that bar, you wouldn't have got in.
0: It wasn't man. It, it was crazy. Um,
1: Georgia fans, shout, look.
0: shout out to the shout out to the to the girl at the front because there was like a there was literally there was literally a line down the street to get into yeah, the bar. See? We we couldn't even get in the bar until the end of the first quarter, but we kind of skipped the line. The girl at the front was feeling us, and see man, to her.
1: Look, look, you lucky that wasn't me. I would have been. I'll bet what you wearing all that blue for? You can't. You can't get in. <laughs> Oh man! Just so y'all know, if I open up a restaurant and it's game day and there's people coming in there wearing Washington and and Oregon State gear, y'all not getting in. <laughs> no hard feelings,
0: yo. But
1: look, y'all not getting in. You better wear some green and yellow. That's all I'm saying. I mean, look, you got to pay your bills, but this is this is rivalry. This is a little different.
0: <laughs> and um. I think we should save the talk between uh, these two teams with when it comes to the playoff decision for later on in the show, and we'll just talk about that whole as a whole um, instead of talking about it now. Because um, obviously Georgia did get left out. Yeah, A lot of controversy with that decision, Bama being put in.
1: Well, I don't even think the controversy was with Georgia. Georgia being well, left out. George, is... The
0: controversy wasn't with Georgia, but I think there should be controversy with Georgia. I think there should be more controversy. Uh-huh. I think –
1: the controversy
0: with that Florida State is having, should, Georgia should be having. But I don't. Like I said, we could have that lost. conversation. You lost towards the, game the end.
1: At the end. You,
0: you I agree. They're lost, out. So, so, Bama has to be in. Yeah, I don't and That, want, was, that I don't, was basically a playoff game. Yeah, I don't feel it felt bad. like for a playoff you. game. I don't um, feel bad for you. Yeah, no, get Georgia definitely out the paint. That's why I picked against them. This is definitely, I mean, it's my, it's my best dream. It's my best case scenario <laughs> as a Florida Gator. Florida State and Georgia. Are both left out of the, like, that's literally my top, (laughs) my top ops. My top ops got smoked. They got rolled into a pack and smoked. So I'm, I'm definitely, definitely loving that. Definitely loving that. But
1: you know what's crazy? Like, over the weekend, there really wasn't any chaos. Like, even if we won, like, if Oregon won, that's not chaos. The chaos would have been like if Oklahoma State won or if Louisville won. But, Pretty much every team that was favored to win won, and the teams win. that lost that were like pretty evenly matched. It wasn't so. It wasn't like, oh, something happened that would completely blow up the playoff or anything. Honestly, it was the doomsday scenario that happened. I mean, we could talk about the Big Twelve and the Big Ten and the uh, the ACC title yeah, game. I, I wanted
0: to run through those real quick with the with the group with a group of uh, five as yeah, well.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, you could go Big Twelve. I mean, Texas was. They played how they should have played. Let's just put exactly. it like
0: that. We both picked them to cover. I think the spread was like 16 and we both said that they would cover that. Yeah, what was the score? You 42 to 14? 40 49 to 21. Yeah. <laughs> um Quinnovers had 350 yards in the first half and three touchdowns. He was like 14 to 14 or something at one point. Like this is this Texas team, man. And and they got a shot. Obvi- they got a shot, a, a legitimate shot, man. And and obviously a lot of people are are saying that that Bama win obviously is so good. It was a little bit of a different Bama team. I think that game is going to be a little bit different next time that they do play. But I do think Texas is playing as good as anybody. I think they're good at the right places, um, not just on offense but on defense as well. I, I think their defense is a bit underrated, man. We we no, talked about throughout the is good, season, bro.
1: Yeah, you, they nobody, hold everybody
0: to under 20 yeah, points. No like, one, nobody scores points on them.
1: No one talks about their defense because the headline is always, okay, you got Sark, you got Quinn Ewers, you. you got uh, A.D. You. Mitchell and, and Xavier Worthy and all that, but Texas defense, honestly, man, they That's are serious. good. Yeah, they are good. They really, This team really has a chance to win a national championship, and I don't know if I can handle it. <laughs>
0: I'm I'm kind of rooting for them. I'm not mad at Texas at all. I mean, obviously their their fans are annoying, but honestly, their fans are not as annoying as uh, Georgia fans have been the past few years. Uh, not no, as annoying no as t- fan Tennessee base. fans.
1: Let me let me tell you something. No fan base could be more annoying than a fan base full of grown ass men that go around barking like dogs
0: <laughs> off back to back natties. Like you know how obnoxious that was. Yeah. Like Georgia losing was so good for every like. There's like oh, I'm so happy they didn't three peat. <laughs> but um but yeah man obviously not much to talk about within the actual game itself it was from start to finish belt to ass but yeah man texas they look good and i'm and I'm interested to see how they play against washington these are two teams that i think are playing some really good ball right now that are peaking at the right time it's going to be an absolute classic of a game uh can't wait um and then let's talk a little bit about the two nightcaps that were just ugly nasty terrible football let's talk about the game um that you weren't at first let's talk about michigan iowa because iowa like we mentioned um, probably was not going to score any points and they didn't <laughs> um michigan they scored 26 but in a really ugly ugly fashion not 100 only 147 yards from jj mccarthy only 52 yards from Blake quorum although he did score two touchdowns i know a lot of people over the weekend Mainly Florida State fans and Florida State supporters talking about oh, well, Florida State had more total offense than than Michigan this week. Yeah, Florida State played Louisville. Florida State would not get a hundred yards total offense against Iowa's defense, no matter how trash that offense is. Um, so that whole comparison, that whole narrative, let's just nip that in the butt right now. <laughs> like that's that's dead. Like stop, people, please stop saying that. Um, but yeah, Michigan they controlled this game. Jim Harbaugh. He was back, um, they're the number one team in the country going in to the playoffs and they got a big matchup against Bama, man. I know like, like you said, we'll break this down a lot more, but, um, if you saw that video of them in the room, reacting to it, wasn't a lot of confidence. I mean, I don't know how people really expected them to react, obviously. I mean, they were just seeing who their opponent was, but, um, I don't know how they're feeling with Alabama right now.
1: Contrast that with Texas' reaction where they were freaking ecstatic.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's true. But Texas also wasn't sure if they were going to get in. You know what I mean? That's also true. um, But, yeah, Michigan, Iowa, status quo, went exactly, literally exactly how everybody thought it it would get. Mm -hmm. Shout out, did you see that play that punt return where the guy missed a tackle and he caught him from, like, yeah, yeah. All the way back. Yeah, yeah. That was cool. I think that was the best play of the game. Literally like Attack on a punt was the best play of the game for those who didn't watch this game, you didn't miss anything. So <laughs> yeah, I was you can go, I was at
1: another game which was kind of like watching Iowa anyway. But yeah, I was gonna say let's talk about that game now the <laughs> acc
0: championship game. You were in person um there at Panthers Stadium in North Carolina, Charlotte. Oh, what a just hideous, hideous game. Yeah, yeah. Talk to me about it, man. I
1: mean, look, you you said that you really enjoy Florida State fans and Georgia fans not being able to be in the playoff And One thing I could say is it was kind of funny watching all these Florida State fans cheering and being all excited and and thinking that they were going to the playoffs just to wake up the next morning. <laughs> wait, and it's
0: wait, really it was like that after the game?
1: I think so. Yeah, I mean and like, all all these, like
0: the stadium, all the chatter you heard, all like, the that's fans, what it felt like.
1: Yeah, all the fans, they were doing their <laughs> Tomahawk chop. They were yelling and screaming and <laughs> oh, I mean, man. It was probably like 65 35% Florida State fans. So, there was way more They yeah. were loud, the band was loud. Like it, it honestly felt like a doing Florida that. State home game and you know, I mean their team played well. For for the circumstances, I mean, their third string quarterback looked like a third string quarterback, but he didn't make no dumb mistakes. They basically made the offense to to keep his throwing attempts down. They did just enough to win the game. They broke some long runs. Um, you know, they actually scored a touchdown, and I think got three field goals. Yeah, nine, seven, sixteen to to six or whatever. Mm-hmm. Louisville couldn't do anything, man. They really looked like high yeah, one offense. I mean, Florida State's defense was flying around. Verse was making a bunch of plays. Um, dominated. Yeah, DBs dominating. Everybody was just dominating. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know what happened to Louisville, but These past two weeks, yeah, man. they just they just stunk it up, and
0: that stinks to see too. Yeah, they look good throughout this year.
1: Um, and I mean Louisville. I mean I told y'all what I tell y'all preseason. I said Louisville could make the ACC title game. They played that week yeah. schedule. They only lost one game in conference. And I told y'all that I didn't expect them to win the conference, but I said, don't be surprised if they make that ACC title game. And that's what happened. And they lost to a better Florida State team. Um. So, yeah, I mean, I thought maybe Louisville could win the game, but they just laid a complete egg, couldn't do anything. So Florida State finishes 13-0. and And I guess that brings us to the conversation of these playoffs and Florida State getting snubbed. I mean, how do you feel about it? We're, I know I know you're like a Florida State hater because that's your rival, but but looking at it objectively, how do you feel about this bet, four-team format and, and Florida State getting snubbed?
0: Look, I've been looking at it objectively for weeks, and I've been telling people on Twitter, on here, that they're not going to get in. I mean, Florida State. You did say right? it. You did say it. Look listen, and Florida, this was before uh, Jordan Florida. Travis
1: injury, correct
0: right yes, before before their injury, they go and struggle to beat Boston College. They go to Death Valley, good win, I guess it is hard it is a hard place to win. I'll tip my cap, but they only won because Buddy missed the field goal, right. Then they go to the wire with Miami, they're down thirteen points to northern Alabama. They're getting fried by Florida at halftime throughout the whole year, about Florida. Florida State. The only convincing thing they have done is beat LSU in week one in a preseason, like in the first game yeah. of the and year to your point, nobody knows and to anything. your point,
1: I always bring up how week one is kind of just like a crapshoot. Like, you don't, yeah, it is. don't really it, know. It genuinely is because nobody know. knows. It. People don't even
0: know themselves at this point. Exactly. People are still trying to learn out what kind of team they are because exactly. it's their first actual game. So... This Florida State team, while 13-0 is very impressive, obviously that is a hard thing to do. To the, to the fans that are saying, oh, well, you're showing us that the games don't matter? No. The games absolutely mattered. If, if you watch Florida State the whole season, which most of us did because they were a top five team the whole season, you saw what happened during the games. And every year that we've had this playoffs, that has mattered in every conversation has mattered. What has the team looked like in their games? So we're not just going to magically ignore that because Florida State is undefeated. Yeah, they're undefeated. Not super convincingly in the worst Power 5 conference, and they lost their Heisman quarterback, their Heisman caliber quarterback. He's not a Heisman, obviously, but their Heisman caliber quarterback. That's not just an average quarterback. That's not just a game manager. That's not like losing Kyle McCord. You lose Kyle McCord, you could still win games. You're losing Jordan Travis, not only your best player, but the heart and soul of your team. No matter what you say, no matter how good the rest of your team is, you're not replacing that, and that is a loss. That is a hit. You're not losing Graham Mertz. You're losing Jordan Travis. Respect Graham Mertz. I love Graham Mertz. I love Graham Mertz. (laughs) I'm so happy he's coming back. It's going to be a fun year next year. We need like eight wins, nine wins, or something. But we'll talk about Florida at another time. Right now, this is about Florida State, right? <laughs> so that happens. And you're, the rest of your team, when Jordan Travis went down, you guys haven't been dominant. Oh, yeah, but we've won the games. Okay, yeah, you won the games, but you haven't been dominant, bro. If, if they came out and they beat Florida 30 to 3, and then they just in a boat race, Louisville 24 to 7, now we can have this conversation. Like, yeah, all right, yeah. Florida State, they still look like a real I team. I think that's Florida a big State problem. Florida State does not look like a real yeah, team. That's a big problem. Their defense has risen to the occasion, definitely. So salute to their defense because they definitely carried them and dragged them to that 13-0. And I think their defense should be rewarded, which they are, a New Year's Six Bowl game. But they're not a playoff team. I get the whole resume. I get teams deserve it. But that is that has never been what the playoffs is about. It's about – a combination of who's the best and who has the best resume and who has looked the best. And Florida state is not that. Unfortunately, they're close with Jordan Travis. They are, but like, come on now.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's my my rant. I think, I think one team was going to get screwed either way, whether it was Florida state or Texas and everything just lined up for Texas because we've, everybody's been saying all year, well, Texas beat Bama, so if Bama wins out, you got to put both of them That's in big because Bama will have yeah. won the SEC. You're not leaving them out. And then since nope. Texas beat them, you got to put them in. And it lined right. up perfectly. So it was kind of the opposite of chaos where it was like we had too many teams that were deserving of the playoff. And if Georgia wins, I don't think Texas gets in because then it would be 13-0 and Georgia, 13-0 and Michigan, 13-0 and Washington – and then you would have Florida State sitting there, thirteen and zero, and it's like, all right, we're just putting all the undefeated teams in, and it would be the it would be the least controversial thing ever. <laughs> Texas fans themselves <laughs> would be mad, but the rest yeah, of the but... country would be saying, "No, there's four 13 and zero teams in there. You're not thirteen and zero, so you don't go in." Right. And so I think Texas needs to thank Alabama. <laughs> for sure for that game. and you know and and I and I also think that as a fan I mean who would I rather see I think Alabama Michigan is going to be a banger and I think Texas Washington is going to be a banger regardless of who wins those games I think those exactly. I think both of those games are going to be good matchups um so yeah like I as a fan like I, I and and how many times have we seen blowouts in the playoffs man like Like we knew every year, yeah. Like we knew Cincinnati getting in there shouldn't have been in there. Um, you know, I mean, even my 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 Oregon Ducks blew out Florida State in the first playoff, so (laughs) you know, like (laughs) how many we just don't want to see that every single time. So I don't know. Like I really do think it sucks. I when you can just win every game and it's still not enough. Like you've won every game. And you even <laughs> tried to schedule a good Doncon team. Like, they scheduled yeah. LSU, a top 10 program yeah. in the country. Like, they didn't know LSU was going to lose three more games or whatever. Like, this just sucks, man. And I don't know. I think
0: this also, um, the ACC should take notice and do something. SMU and Stanford is cool, I guess. But why not, like, Go get Notre Dame. Well, that
1: league is dead. Well, they can't just get Notre Dame. Notre Dame is not joining a conference until they have physical. Until they have to. I mean, they make more money by being independent. So independent. They're not. They're not going to join a conference. And if they do join a conference, they're joining the Big Ten. They're not joining the ACC. The ACC is, is I mean, already a dead league. Walking. Let's be real.
0: Yeah, I just. I obviously partially is it just I I don't feel bad because I'm a hater, but. Florida State, I just don't think they're good. Like, I'd rather put Georgia ahead of Florida State in the playoffs.
1: I mean, I think Georgia's a better team. And I think, especially without Jordan Travis, I think there's a lot of teams that will beat Florida State in a game right now. But and I think, I don't know. And look, we'll sucks. see. I think
0: if, if, look, if Florida State comes out and beats Georgia in the Orange Bowl, I'm a, they might have got robbed. All I meant.
1: I mean, they did get robbed, but they kind of just no, had to I don't pick. Believe they so. had to pick, bro. At the end of the day, somebody was getting robbed, whether it was Texas or Florida State, and they just robbed Florida State. It was just like, damn, if you do, damn if you don't, if you're the committee. And I think the problem <laughs> is more with the format than the, than the committee itself. Right. It's like we we make this playoff, and when you only have four teams, you feel like that number five and number sixteen actually have a chance.
0: They do. So, they usually do in most years. Yeah. Areas. So,
1: like, usually, if you have like a one loss number five, one loss number six, they feel like they've got snubbed. I mean, we, there was the big controversy with the first playoff with with TCU and Baylor, right? Because the Big Twelve oh, yeah, didn't true, have true, a conference true, true. championship game, so they got left out. And I think both of those teams had a chance at the Natty. I mean, that was that was peak TCU and peak Baylor, where their peak offenses Baylor, were yeah. crazy. And that was before the SEC had really caught up to to the offenses that were going on in the Big Twelve and then of course Oregon. So yeah, that was early 2010. Yeah, like I mean Ohio State was there because because they had Urban Meyer, but like the SEC wasn't there yet in that regard. So I think I think one of those teams could have could have caught somebody. So you know, you had that. But I mean Josh Pate made this great point on his show where he said the playoff has only been a thing for ten years. The fourteen playoff, so it's not like we had a hundred years of things to go off of for what we should do in certain situations. Mm, good point. So it's like that's a great point. And it, and it, it also kind of lined up for them being that this is the last year to do something that they normally wouldn't do, and put in a one-loss team over an undefeated team because it's never happened before an undefeated power five conference champion has never been left out of playoff. And it's just such a weird thing because we've seen Ohio state make the first playoff with a third string quarterback. Um, And then you would think, okay, well, if you're a Florida state fan, you think, well, well, we have a third string quarterback. Why wouldn't they put us in if we're 13, And I also think it's the problem. It's a problem where you have just kind of people choosing instead of just well, you win this game, you're in. This is why the NFL works so well because The games work it out. Exactly. If you win your division, you make the playoffs. If period and if you don't win your division, it's the teams with the best record that go to wild card and then we just do the seedings based on everybody's record. Tiebreakers. Yeah, yeah. So you know, if you if you win enough games, you make the playoff, you win your playoff game, you move on to the next round until you win the Super Bowl. And then college, since It's just different, you know, with the different conferences, the scheduling, we kind of just have to kind of pick which teams we think are the best based on a number of different factors. And, And we have this committee because, you know, if it was just one guy, well, we don't know how this one person is weighing different things like the eye test and strength of schedule and different metrics. And, you know, you try to blend as many variables together to keep it fair. But. At the end of the day, when you have humans doing something, there's just always that that moment where you feel like something is wrong, right? Which is where I think, I think the BCS was actually good for the sport because I don't ever think there was a moment where the teams in the natty shouldn't have been in the natty. And you felt like yep, the number three or number four actually had a chance. I mean, and we've seen undefeated teams get left out of the BCS before but still it was always like like you 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 knew that the teams in the natty did what they were supposed to do because it was always if you win you move up in the rankings and if you lose you move down and you know by the end how many times have we ever had three undefeated teams or four undefeated teams not often so it usually worked out for maybe there was one undefeated team. Sometimes there was no undefeated teams. I mean, the crazy 2007 year had a two-loss team win the Natty, which I, th- I think that's the only time that happened.
0: Only oh, two-loss team. I was going to say yeah, to yeah that happened.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that's the only time that happened. At least in the BCS era, we never had a two-loss team make the the 14 playoff. The playoff. Yeah. So, you um, know, and and I say all that to say, I think it's good that this is the last year the 14 playoff because when it's 12 nobody gives a crap about number 13, okay? Like if you're number 13, you could truly say you didn't do all that you could have did to to make the 12 team. Now, if you're number 5 and you went 13 and 0, it's kind of like what else do you want me to do? But no nobody that's that's going undefeated is going to be ranked lower than than 13. And if you're going 13 and 0, you would have won your conference and you would have got the auto bid anyway. So I think I think it's it's good that this fourteen playoff is is finally ending.
0: All right, let's talk a little bit about these group of five championship games really quick. Then we'll highlight the the um, the New York Six bowl games, and then we'll get on out of here. Um, Friday night. This game took place, I think it kicked off like about an hour before Oregon. Washington started, so it was going on about the same time, but uh, ended a little bit earlier. Uh, Liberty, they beat New Mexico State 49-35. Um, man, yo, this was a game all the way up until the fourth quarter. Um, unfortunately, New Mexico State and their quarterback got injured late in the third quarter. Um, but he was balling. Pavila, I think his name was Pavilla. Oh man, that kid, he was hooping in this game. Him and k Salt, they were putting on an absolute quarterback clinic. Um, but Liberty, they were able to do enough in the fourth quarter to kind of close this game out. Um, Knon Salter, 319 yards through the air, two touchdown passes, also twelve carries, 165 yards, and a um rushing touchdown as well. Um Liberty, 13-0, 8-0 in Conference USA, capturing their first title um, since moving up to the FBS and becoming uh, part of Conference USA. Did you get a chance to check out these highlights of this game at all? Um,
1: no, not really.
0: Because Liberty is your opponent. So, my boy Willie Korn about to cook something up. If you don't know who Willie Corn is, as Liberty's quarterback coach, offensive coordinator, and soon oh, to be brother. Florida Gator offensive coordinator. Just, just wait on the announcement.
1: Man, do these people know what we do in the Fiesta Bowl? <laughs> Look what happened last time we was in Fiesta Bowl. That's all I gotta <laughs> say about that.
0: Yeah, I mean that's a that's a. Ah, oh, man, I don't know if uh, Tulane really Tulane really let me down, and that's kind of where I wanted to move my focus next. Um.
1: Yeah. So did Toledo.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was that was Tulane was a weird game, and and, and we'll talk about that. But Tulane they they lose twenty six to fourteen against SMU, and uh, an ugly ugly game from Tulane's offense. Man, they just were not able to get anything going on offense. They weren't able to sustain any drives. SMU's defensive line dominated Tulane's offensive line. It felt like, um, it felt like um, which call it. Um, SMU had the ball. Feels like the whole game, just sustaining drives, moving the ball up and field, up and down the field. Um, even with a freshman quarterback who threw two interceptions, they win this game by multiple possessions. Um, it was just a dominant game from SMU's defense, and Tulane's defense is the one that we really were highlighting. And I think they played a pretty good game, right? Like Tulane's defense is pretty solid, and I don't think they were bad in this game, but man. They, their offense really sold the bag um but yeah that 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 toledo miami game miami it's it's weird to say this especially in any football game, but especially when it comes to college football um Miami's special teams really just dominated Toledo. I mean, i seen a compilation on on Twitter, and watching the game, it kind of felt this way, but like it didn't really click in my head. But then seeing the comp, it was like almost three or four minutes of clips of just special teams, punt, punt coverage, punt return, kick return, kick coverage. Like the field position battle in this game was just completely dominated by Miami. And I think that was honestly key to their success because it wasn't like they blew Toledo out. Toledo was in the game. It just it was such a hard game for Toledo to win and, and felt really odd. Boise State, they beat UNLV 44-20. to This is a game I think we both predicted Boise State, right?
1: I think I picked UNLV.
0: Mm. Well, it was a home game for UNLV basically (laughs) happening in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. Boise State's quarterback, I mean, this guy completely took over the game. Um, Their running back also had a really good day carrying the ball 21 uh, times for 153 yards, but it was their quarterback, Taylor Green, that really stood out to me when I was watching the condensed version of this game. Um, he only had three incompletions the whole game, um, threw for 226 yards and two um, passing touchdowns. He also carried the ball eight times for 90 yards and two rushing touchdowns. And one of those rushing touchdowns was, was this crazy-ass 70-yard touchdown. He broke, like, four or five tackles then outran everybody. Um, that, that was just one of the best quarterback performances I've seen all weekend. Shout out to Taylor Green.
1: And didn't Boise State fire their coach midway through the year, too?
0: <laughs> yeah, they
1: did. Because their coach used to be uh, – their old coach, Andy Avalos, used to be Oregon's offensive coordinator a few years ago. So, like, I was kind of familiar with him, but – I don't know. Like, yeah, this is just such I'm a. I'm pretty sure they did find Yeah, coach. this is just such an odd season for Boise State because I started off real rocky. I think they started off zero and three. I mean, they did play Washington non-con, so yeah, they're playing a lot of good non-con Yeah, teams. like so it was kind of like yeah, I guess you you lost, but you're playing power five teams, and then they just kind of turned it on midway through the year. I mean, one of their best wide receivers left the program to to go hit the portal. Uh. So it's like you fire your coach mid-year, one of your best players just stops playing, and you still figure out how to win your conference. I mean, Boise State just seems invincible. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like if you're a guy with G five offers, why wouldn't you go to Boise State? They just figure yeah. out how to win. How to win
0: every year. It don't matter who year. the
1: coach is. It don't matter who's in the game. Like this, this is just a school that that just knows how to win. I don't really know how to explain it because this is just yeah, odd. Shout out to Boise. I mean, and this, this was like UNLV's best season ever in football. Ever. And
0: well, they, they went bowling last year. So back to back years, they'll right, be going, but bowling. this was so even more
1: that. improved. Right. Cause yes, definitely. Cause I,
0: I don't think they weren't in the conference. Championship.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So man, shout out to Boise, man. They just, they just know how to win, man.
0: Yeah, and then um, Troy, they put the smack down on App State, 49-23 to in the Fun Belt Championship. I'm pretty sure I picked App State in this game. Uh, I, so did I, I didn't I. watch Troy much. Um, I only watched and, them once, I think, when they beat Western Kentucky. Okay, yeah, I watched them. This is the only game, actually, that I watched them all year, and it turns out that they're actually – they won the, the Fun Belt last year as well. So they're back-to-back Sun Belt champs. Um, if I would have known that, maybe I would have picked Troy to win this game. Um, and – you could tell why um Dom uh, or vital or some I think that's how that's what his name was it's the running back for Troy um this guy had five touchdowns and two hundred and thirty yards. I mean it was just the condensed highlights were just twenty six minutes of this guy running <laughs> it felt like um I think that was the best performance all weekend throughout the whole entire um group of five power five uh 26 carries 233 yards and five touchdowns he took over he scored it feels like almost every single point that uh Troy was able to score App State really just had no answer the quarterback he didn't play bad but Troy's defense made him turn the ball over they scored on defense twice they had a fumble recovery for a touchdown i feel like they might have had a pick six but i might have been i might be wrong on that that might have been a different game maybe the Boise State game UNLV had a pick six or something but I watched a lot of football this weekend. I don't remember <laughs> but uh, either way, um yeah, Troy they they dominated this one. This one wasn't really ever close outside of the, f- the first quarter, first half a little bit for a second. It it, it was close, but Troy kind of pulled away as the game progressed. Um so yeah, that that leaves Troy as our Sun Belt Conference champion, Boise State as our Mountain West champion, Miami Ohio as our MAC champion smu as our american athletic champion um in their final year in the aac Uh, we have texas as the big 12 champion in their final year in the big 12 florida state is the acc champion michigan is the big 10 champion alabama is the sec champion liberty is the conference usa champion and washington is the pac-12 champion in the last year of the pac-12's existence Also, shout-out to the Pac 12 Salute to that conference. Even this game was just a great way to end um, the conference. This game went down to the wire, featuring two of the premier programs in that conference's history. Um, Great way to end it. Great way to go out. Um, Definitely hope we see another power West Coast conference in the future, whether that is just the Mountain West elevating its play over the years um, or some Power 5 schools reuniting maybe – down the road. Um, but yeah, man, shout out to the Pac-12. Pac-12 after dark.
1: Yeah, um, I said that this conference was going to go out with a bang. And I think it did, man. I mean, we had two banger games yeah. between Washington and Oregon. Um, Washington went 13-0, and made the playoffs, and I think they have a legit shot at winning the Natty. So, um, yeah, man, rest in peace. I mean, I really enjoyed this conference. It was really fun to watch, but I think for my team personally, we had to get out of there and, you know, we talked bigger and better things. Yeah, now. Like we talked about all the, the bad stuff that this conference has done multiple yeah. times. So <laughs> I don't need to, it's,
0: yeah, the nostalgia is hitting, but, but if we're being honest, the PAC 12 was a terrible conference, especially recently. So yeah,
1: like, I, I don't need to get into all that. And what yeah. led to the, to Went the back, collapse, but to but some of our yeah. earlier
0: episodes, if you want to hear Steph's thoughts about the PAC 12, Exactly. Um, one of our, like the first ten episodes, I feel like every episode we were talking about how trash the pack 12 was. Yeah.
1: Um so you know, I mean, big ten, it's gonna be better for our program, more money, better matchups, better fan bases that actually care about football. Right. So yeah, I think it's gonna be fun,
0: man. Um Yeah, we'll still get those ten thirty kickoffs, it'll just be Oregon Rutgers, ten thirty. And
1: guess who's gonna be there?
0: <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Yes, sir. Um, but all right, that is gonna do it then for our episode. Unless you got anything else you want to get into.
1: I mean, transfer portal open, but we don't have to get into that till next time. There's a bunch of big names moves are being mm-hmm. made. Um, I don't think there was any big commit officially yet, but it's definitely things to look out for. But we can talk about the transfer portal for another hour. So I'm about ready to yeah. get out of here. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so um, behind the scenes, me and Stefan will get together and we'll talk about it maybe like a new schedule or a new way that we'll be doing episodes for the off offseason because um, throughout the season we've been doing um, a preview and then a recap reaction episode. This is the final recap reaction episode until obviously we start getting some more bowl games in the playoffs. Um, but even then, there's, there's only like one or two games a day, so it, it'll be still weird how we're going to have to figure it out and work it out. But um, episodes will be coming maybe a little bit, scattered we'll definitely make sure to get you guys at least one um every single week probably we'll get more than that um because like steph said there's a lot of stuff to talk about and even like we could spend another episode talking about just the transfer portal and probably we might just do that um but like i said we'll talk about that behind the scenes uh, make sure you follow us on instagram at the pixkin live whatever we do decide we'll make sure to announce it on there and let you guys know what our new schedule will be um and, yeah, um, what a great season it was um, just for college football in general. Um, I'm looking forward to the future, man. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that my Gators could still be relevant at this point um, soon, even though it's not looking that way. But, you know, you got to start somewhere. Um, but, yeah, man, we'll be back, Stayed glued to our socials. We appreciate all the love and support throughout the entire season. Um, And we can't wait to spend the offseason gearing up for 2024 with you guys right here on the road to glory. I'm Sean here with Stefan. We'll catch you all next
1: time. Peace.